write because you love to write and there will be people who love your work and there will be people who don't and it doesn't matter write because you love to write welcome to darken the page a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process and now here's your host dave buddha Welcome to Darken the Page. Today's episode is with my friend Carolyn Southwell. Carolyn is a writer who lives here in Bali with me, and we sat down for a really nice chat. And what I think you'll see in this episode in particular is um, a lot more of a nice conversation, actually. I, I feel like I, I contributed more than, than usual, uh, share a lot of stories. Uh, Carolyn's a, a blogger and has written some really successful articles, and we talk about how she got there and what it's like to try to create something after something has been uh, you know, a success, and I think really I really feel like this is a this this episode represents what I really love about this show, which is an honest conversation between writers, people who go to work every day on on being creative and what the challenges and the triumphs are of that. So make sure you go to darkenthepage.com slash zero one nine for the show notes to see everything the links that we talked about. And without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome back. I'm here today with Carolyn. Southwell and Carolyn is um, a friend of mine here in Bali. This is a rare but wonderful live interview. We are sitting facing each other, huddled around one Yeti microphone. And <clears throat> I'm really happy to have you here, Carolyn. So thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Well, thanks for asking me to be here, Dave. Um, so just start off and give me a little just kind of background overview on what you've been up to as a writer and like what. How'd you get here? What I've been up to as a writer. Yeah. Well, let me answer the the second question first. How I got to the point now where I, I guess I find myself writing more days than not. I remember as a child writing stories and really enjoying writing stories and in high school writing poetry. But I do have these memories of, you know... Uh, other kids teasing me about it and shutting me down and so I mm-hmm. I watched myself as a teenager and a young adult um, take my writing underground and kind of write it and hide it and write in journals a lot and I had forgotten really that I loved writing for a big chunk of my life mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I probably had a, a, a big breakthrough at about sort of four or five years ago when a friend of mine started a blog and at that point I kind of didn't even really know what blogs were but I kind of went well you know what if if he can do it I can do it mm-hmm. and very soon after my uncle also started a blog and I was like man you're not a writer like <laughs> what's going on there and I was like right now I, I really can do this if he can do this and I totally don't consider him a writer yeah I can do this. And so I didn't know where to start, but I just started. Yeah. I just got on WordPress. I worked out how to have a, how to have a free blog. And I just started writing about whatever the heck I felt like writing about, which at that point was how evil sugar is. <laughs> and I, I reflected, if we fast forward to last year, I had by that stage done several hundred blog posts 
mm-hmm. on my own sites and it had evolved and I'd got a little bit neater and cleaner about what I was writing about and how the blog looked and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. And I found a, a girlfriend had encouraged me to write for the Elephant Journal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'd popped in a few articles over a period of about two or three months. And then suddenly one that I didn't really think was that good, and maybe you have this too, Dave, where mm-hmm. you, have, you write something that you don't think is that great and then suddenly the world goes, we love this! Yeah. And you go, what? What the hell? I've just given up and trying to predict <laughs> yeah. the success of anything. <laughs> so this piece that you know had been ignored by another um, online publication, I'd sent through to Elephant Journal going, I really want it published. And suddenly I got an email saying, oh, it's been, your article's been really popular. We moved it to the front page. And by the time I had a chance to look at it, it had 39,000 views. And I was like, holy, like, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. The last time I checked it, it was up to like 80,000 views. Oh, wow. What's it about? It is about reacting, uh, responding rather than reacting. So this, this difference between, you know, you say something nasty to me and I just suddenly launch back into reacting really emotionally without that pause or that moment to consider why you might have been speaking that way and what might be going on for you and how do I calmly with poise and presence actually want to respond Mm -hmm. maybe I just want to respond with silence maybe I want to respond with a hug because you're having a shitty day and then it has nothing to do with me so the article has been really well received and it got me thinking, how did I get to this point? Mm. And I looked back and I realized it was almost four years to the day and about 200 of my own blog posts mm-hmm. and guest posting in a couple of places to go, oh, wow, okay, this didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It, it happened because I got started and because I kept, I kept writing. Uh, and one other, I guess, really pivotal thing Somewhere in the process, I did the breakthrough experience with Dr. John Demartini. Mm-hmm. You've heard of him. Yeah. And I actually did two back-to-back, so I get a little bit crazy sometimes, and when I do something, I jump in, you know, boots and all. Mm-hmm. And so I did two within six weeks of each other. And anyone who's familiar with the Demartini method will know that you can do the process on anybody. And... Um, it's about leveling out and are you familiar with the process no no okay so basically it's um, if I have you on a pedestal and I think that you're amazing then I'm always going to put myself down in relation to you Mm -hmm. so the first time I had gone through and done a family member which is what's recommended but the second time I did the process on myself and I looked at the things I loved about myself and the things I hated about myself and I balanced it out so I could just be in this place where I was really grateful for me Mm -hmm. and what happened the very next week all of this writing poured out of me and it hasn't stopped since. Mm. How long ago was that? That was uh, November of 2013. So it was in this four-year period, but what had happened in that four years to go from me writing my very first blog post to, you know, getting this very Mm well-received article, this kind of happened about three-quarters of the way through. Mm -hmm. So I had been writing bits and pieces yeah but once it was like that once I gave myself permission to love and accept me yeah I suddenly I went crap I love writing and all of this and so since then it's like I haven't been able to stop I just write constantly yeah Yeah. and so in answer to your first question about you know what am I working on now I have been working on how do I write consistently for me like I've been doing Mm -hmm. some bits and pieces of freelance writing but realizing there's a lot of 
uh, a lot of stuff inside of me that I want to share with the world and when I share it it's re- it's really well received people find it really helpful so I'm like that just spurs me on to write more mm-hmm. you know and wherever those kids were that like were giving me a hard time I no longer care mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so now when I receive criticism which I do when I share my stuff online yeah you know there are people who think it's great and then there are people who want to tell me oh well you're actually x y and z and I go oh isn't that nice mm-hmm. okay well you know you do your criticism and I'm going back to right now thank you right yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think that's so important and and I had a similar story with blogging where like for the last five or six years I've had a blog and I've, I think I've definitely had like four or five different iterations of this blog um, it started off uh, it started off as just a personal blog and then of course I was writing things and I remember even the whole concept of articles actually going viral this didn't even I didn't understand that it wasn't I mean I had a blog for a few years and then I wrote this list of things called it was things I wish they told me at the Naval Academy which was the college I went to and it was like 38 things that I just kept in my pocket while I was in the Navy and I just kind of scribbled ideas down and then I put it on the blog with the intention of having it be available for people to read it outside of Facebook because I had made a Facebook note about this quote unquote article and all of a sudden I shared it and it got thousands and thousands and thousands of hits it just went the actual post went viral and I didn't it just kind of I didn't really get it it was like it took me fortunately it took me you know like I didn't I stayed very innocent as a writer because that can really fuck you up if you're like well um, now I want to do something else that will go viral right that's just like awful oh totally well I had the same thing it, and it's so funny hearing you talk about like you know, not not have this idea of like, well, what does it mean when something goes viral? And like, I was writing because I loved writing, and I, I still do. I write because I love writing, and because there's stuff that that comes to me, and I'm like, I have to like write this somewhere. I have to type it. I have to get it out into the world. And it was it was really interesting to watch. I was just like, what, like WTF? Like what the? Like how how did this happen? How did I suddenly have this this piece of work that? You know, like I just got I just got tagged in a couple of posts and um, Facebook requests come in from parts of the US I've never been to. And when I ask people how did they find me, it's because they read that article. Mm-hmm. Like this is in the last week and I wrote this thing like almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how does that happen? Yeah. But same thing, like I found that the next time I posted something on Elephant Journal and it only got two and a half thousand views <laughs> after the last one, like you know, hitting almost 80,000, I found I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then I went, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. You had two and a half thousand views on this article. How cool is that? Yeah. And reminding myself that, that every view is a gift. Yeah. Not just when something goes viral, but like every piece that I write. Yeah. So. I think in a way that's like, that's the Kung Fu that is the the mental Kung Fu that's the most important or that that's the thing that that is like the stage two thing that we go through where it's like okay now something has been a success and then recreating it but we don't because we we i think there's this it's like when we try to recreate something that's a success we don't really understand where it actually came from and so we we misinterpret that we say okay because you know because the intention when we made the thing wasn't to have it be viewed a million times. The intention was to have it express what I wanted to express authentically and didn't, we didn't care at the time. 
and then we try to me- remake it from this place of caring and it doesn't work and we and so it i think there it takes that that, that to me that's like a really nice sign of maturity of, of of a creative person who knows that that they have to get back into that flow into, into the space that it came from yeah. to make something and and then there's all these pitfalls and and it's almost like the more successful you get the more pitfalls there are mm. you know they didn't have any pitfalls around things going viral five years ago I just wrote because I didn't nobody was reading it was like nobody's reading it anyways so it's like whatever yeah and I didn't have a problem expressing myself and now I get in my head about that or I notice this in a major way with me right now writing a book because it's a book and I have all these notions about what a book is. And it's not just me sharing my writing. It's got to be this. It's got to look like this. It can't be too long. can't be too short. Whatever. And and all these notions of what it should be are – it's just like clearing out the weeds to actually get to just an honest expression of what I want to say, mm. which is all that a book is. It's just – that over the course of many chapters yeah. versus an article or versus a Facebook post or versus a Twitter post or anything. Yeah, totally. It's all similar in yeah. that way. Yeah. On the, the point that you made about like being in flow versus being in our head, I, I often think about it and when I think about it in the coaching work that I do, you know, is this person or am I coming from what I would call either spirit or ego? It's like flow or the or the the headspace. And if I'm in, in that, that spirit space, in that space where the writing came from, mm-hmm. the piece that I created, the piece that you created that just happened to go viral, mm. then that's where we're creating all the magic. And, and in that space, I think you and I would have this in common, and I think anyone who really considers themselves a writer or loves writing, in that space, in that spirit space, we write because we have something to say. Mm-hmm. We write because we have something to express. And if something, if somebody happens to read it, great. But first and foremost, it's about I have something inside of me that I want to give birth to in the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we're in this this like mental construct or the, the what I would refer to as the ego space, we're not writing from that place of wanting to just express something we're writing from this place of wanting to be liked mm-hmm. of wanting to be accepted and wanting to impress people and 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 I I, I also get I, I'm still to write my first book probably and it's going to happen in the next 12 months mm-hmm. that at the very least that it gets rocking rolling and starting that I likewise I have all of these notions around the the, the, the famous infamous book mm-hmm. you know these a four-letter word how much do we get in our head about you know and and how much of it is about us feeling like we we need to get it right and Mm -hmm. we need to impress people and and it's so much in that what i would call that ego space instead Mm -hmm. of spirit where we just go i have something to say yeah let me freaking say it yeah 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 right now i feel like i'm i'm in a pretty successful period in in writing especially with um the blog that I'm doing and I'm and I'm posting every week every Monday at 2 a.m. like that that's been happening for the last two months and I'm committed to doing that for at least a year and and it's been working and I did make one shift that that was essential because I've tried this before because I've had in my mind I got I know uh, like one of the ways that I would love to be successful is to have a just a big readership and then 
post things and have them read it and that be some another way that I make a living in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to write and have people follow me. I don't necessarily want to write for other people. I just want to do that, whether it's books or a blog or both. And so there have been these moments where I'm like, you know, I really want to do that. Why don't I just do it? I know it's going to take some time, but why don't I just go for it? And I tried this a couple years ago and it didn't work because and it didn't even last that long where I said I was going to write and post every week because I thought my intention was to write to make it successful. Yeah. My intention was, okay, I'm going to go and do it and and I'm going to stick with it because there's a result in the end. Yeah. Which would seem totally normal to most people. That's kind of how we do it. That's not most people would say, yeah, sure, do it, do it and hold that goal. Mm. You know, have that goal of of, you know, being a uh, making a full-time income off your writing or something or whatever. And and I remember and so I, I that happened and it and sucked and I let it go. And then this time around I got that impulse again, hey, this is something you want. Like do it. You want you you are you are a writer. You want to be writing this stuff. People like it. They're sharing it. Do more of this and, mm. and commit to it. And I went and I and I almost fell in the same trap and and then I realized hang on a second that that didn't work last time. Why didn't it work? Well, it's because I didn't. I that's not a good goal. That's an ego goal, essentially. You know, it's yeah. like, and it's just going to be fleeting. It's going to go away. And so this time around, what what I did and is actually working is, as I said, okay, I'm going to write for the sake of writing. And that's it. So the only reason I'm writing is because I enjoy writing. Yeah. Just like if uh, you know, I was playing music, I just enjoy playing music. And or if you know, like if I was. Uh, dating I like this example of, uh, when I often find people when, when they date they date to find the one and it's miserable hmm. but when they date because dating is fun yeah. then they have such a better time at it yeah. and so although Jenny didn't agree with me but, <laughs> um, you know but in this case yeah. I very much do like you know working to like holding in mind like you I want to be pay I like the idea of being able to just write every day and then that's how I make my living. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Um, and having that is this, you know, this lofty thing that I'm vaguely walking towards. Awesome. But loving the process that I'm doing, loving walking in that yeah. direction. Yeah. And loving every moment of every step while mm-hmm. I'm walking. And, you know, you, one, one thing that you said is almost spot on for what one of my coaches said to me last year when I was starting to write more. And she said, Carolyn, I'm hearing you in the way you talk about writing. And she said, if you are writing to make money, you're not going to have much fun. And she said, do other things to bring in money, write for the sake of writing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I really get that. I really want to enjoy the process. And now that I've made it so the money doesn't have to make me money, Mm -hmm. that the writing doesn't have to make me money, Mm -hmm. I just write whatever the hell I want. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful and I love it. And I get great feedback from people Mm -hmm. like you. You know, people like reading it. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, cool, let me just write more. And I know that somewhere down the track, as long as I hold that that image of me being paid to write, well, I'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. I might not get there the way that I thought I would. Yeah. But... You know, as I would say, spirits kind of got it sorted out. So yeah, I just yeah. got to keep walking in a way that feels inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, and I think that's such an important distinction about where to come from with your writing. And it's like, because I go through this in my head. It's like, okay, so 
Because someone might hear, don't write with the intent. Was it don't write with the intention of making money? Is that what she said essentially? Yeah, like don't write. To don't write make, to make money. To make the yeah. writing make you money. Like, yeah. Because then it's like you're putting all of this pressure on you as a writer and your writing to create that result, as you talked about. Right. Instead of just writing for the sake of writing. Right. Yeah. And and I and I think it's I think it's important because I think some people would hear that and say, Well, does that mean I can't make money off writing? Right? But it's it's what she's speaking to that's so important is where you where to come from yes. when you write. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, it's this is what I'm going through with my book right now. It's like I, you know, people, oh, you're writing a book. Oh, let me tell you about self-publishing. Let me tell you about this. And it's like I I literally don't I don't care about anything until I write the book that I want to write for the for me that has and then then we can talk about how to market the thing that's already there. But I don't want to get involved in the process of trying to sell something before it's finished just like, of course, if I'm writing, if I'm writing with the end in mind of this will make money, um, and again, some people do it. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it just, it's just, it kills your soul. So it's like, but why not write the thing that I want to write and then see who wants to buy it? In a sense, interesting. You know, because yeah, I feel like I, you're a step ahead of me in that respect because you've already started on the book and I'm not yet at that point, mm-hmm. and. My feeling is, as I look at all the options of self-publishing and pre-orders, and I was actually chatting, you know, with another co-worker here yesterday, another yeah. writer that you know, about this whole process of, you know, pre-orders and, and having the book sold beforehand. And there's part of me that actually loves that idea. Like, I feel like when it comes to my writing my book, I might do it quite differently yeah. to you for my first one. But it's interesting to hear you say that you feel like, if you were to do that, like if you were to have it pre-sold, pre-ordered, and you were working out those pieces before you started writing, that that f- for you feels like it would kill your creativity. Well, it's different actually. So I think the pre-selling, if people buy, if I did like a Kickstarter thing or I said, hey, you know, support me writing this book, people would people would get into it because they believe in me. Yeah. Because they have a sense that what I would produce is good. Yeah. And... But versus whether versus me saying, okay, let me look at the, let me go into a bookstore and see what bookshelf this would go on. Mm. And then let me see, okay, well, if I talk about this, this is a trendy thing right now. Yeah. So let me make sure I, you know, and it's like trying to involve the marketing and the creativity of it uh, yeah. um, is really tough. And, and yeah, wanting it to make a lot of money is you can't help but involve the marketing if yeah. you're, you know, if that's a thought. Yeah. And and I just, you know, I believe that the things that do end up being successful are the ones that don't think, and I think like really successful. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure I could write a book that would sell 10,000 copies or something because I hit the niche and I did all this. But ultimately, like, that's not, that's not how I want to spend my life. Yeah. You know, and it's my life. Like, I get, I have to decide how I want to do this thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like... Uh, so here's a, another example with music, right? So I have a lot of friends who are musicians and some of them have turned music into a job. And yes, they're playing music full time, but they're not enjoying you playing music. Yeah. And the whole point was to enjoy your life. It wasn't to say, look, everybody, I'm playing music full time or look, everybody, I'm writing full time. Like that would impress some people at a cocktail party and say, guys, I'm a full time writer. All I do is write and I make money. But 
the truth is there are people that are writing and loving it and people that are writing and hating it. And if I was going to write it and hate it, I might as well just get a job that I didn't like to get paid for it because then I wouldn't be at least killing this beautiful thing called writing or playing music because this thing is so precious to me yeah. where I want to keep it in that fun category. And again, I don't say no, I don't, I don't, I think we still can get paid for it, but we have to be really stubborn about keeping it fun because that's what'll sustain us. And that's what'll ultimately make it a giant success because people will feel it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And actually, as I was thinking about and I'm, I'm still I'm saying it's still really clearly that delineation between those labels I use with spirit and ego because you know the person who goes through and I've attended courses too where it's like okay you be really clear on what your niche is and you know go in the bookstore and look at what are their top 10 books that are selling right now and what are their titles and I just I remember sitting in those courses even years ago going oh do I have to do that it feels like hard work can't I just freaking write mm-hmm. you know and and going, yeah, okay, then they might have there might be authors who have made great money that way and they've produced twenty books over the last ten years. But then you look at someone like Eckhart Tolle writing The Power of Now. It's like I'm sure he didn't do any of that shit. Mm-hmm. He just took the stuff that was coming through him and he friggin' put it on paper and people still to this day go out of their way to buy the book mm-hmm. and people talk about it. You know, um Paolo Coelho with Alchemist, you know. People rave about it for years and years and years. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't do endless amount of researching. He just wrote what was coming to yeah. him, through him. Mm-hmm. You know. So I hear you, this, this precious play space of going, or this space of going, how do we keep it fun? How do we keep it playful? Mm-hmm. You know. And so, I mean, one of the things that I recently started doing when I realized that I was channeling a lot of my writing energy into my freelance writing and writing for other people, which I'm, I'm very happy with. It's bringing in money and that... I feel good. I feel supported. But I also realized that I went, and I wrote an article about this this morning, I went three days without writing anything of my own, Mm -hmm. um, except for just a short, like, Facebook post. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't going to roll. Yeah. I need to be writing my stuff more often. And what was that like when you realized that? Like, did you have a feeling that kind of came with it? Was it like you're missing something? Like, what was that? What let you know that you needed that? I realized that there was ideas coming to me but I wasn't giving myself the time and space to translate it into written form nice and even though I didn't have a a, like I used to worry when I didn't write stuff down because I knew that if I didn't write it down it was going to disappear and I'd be I thought I had to like catch them all like there was a scarcity of creativity and then at some point I went as long as I'm clear and present this shit's just going to keep flowing through me for the whole rest of my life so then I don't have to catch everything but when I realized that I hadn't, like, translated the stuff that was coming to me in physical form, I was like, I just felt like I was not honoring a part of myself or not, um, like, not feeding and nurturing myself the way that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so then I just gave myself, I shifted my timetable in the morning in the way that I'd get up. And normally I would get up and just kind of pot around while I drink some water and then meditate. I went, no get up and as you drink that liter of water in the morning which is really helpful in Bali with how Mm -hmm. hot it is uh, as you're drinking that liter of water you will sit and write until the bottle's empty Mm. and sometimes it's 20 minutes and sometimes it's like this morning it was closer to an hour and it's like and whenever it feels done it's done Mm -hmm. you know and I like that idea of drinking till the bottle's empty. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. For Australian, maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, but just, 
Because, you know, in the morning I like to get through a litre of water because it really helps my body in just, you know, the amount of yeah. humidity we have yeah, here. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to be pottering around the house drinking my water, yeah. why don't I just do that while I'm writing? Yeah. And the other thing that I did, apart from going, I have to write something and <clears throat> not being stuck on the amount of time that I'm writing, just that I write until I feel complete. Mm-hmm. I also didn't have uh, an agenda about what I had to write. So I didn't have to write an article that was fit for Elephant Journal. I didn't have to write a thousand word blog post, which is something that I had previously been doing. Every day I write a thousand words. Mm. Um, I just had to write something. So the other day I found myself writing poetry. And the day before that, I found myself writing a program, Mm -hmm. a live program that I didn't even know I wanted to run until I sat down and then suddenly this program was being written. Oh, nice. And I'm like, oh, it looks like I'm writing a program in Bali. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Nice. And so I'm just going, okay, cool. Well, that's what wanted to be expressed that morning. So, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. And then it's great because I do my meditation and I'll do some exercise and do breakfast. And then I'm like, I've done the most important thing for the whole day. And it's all done before nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And there's such a sense of like achievement, I guess, but also a sense of... Like emptiness almost. Um... I was going to say, like, peace. Going, mm. whatever else I get done today mm-hmm. is just kind of a bonus. Yeah. You know, and, you know, later in the day will come my coaching and things like that that I also really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But that's almost kind of easier because there's somebody else who's relying on me to show up. Sure. There's nobody who's relying on me to show up if I'm writing for myself. Yeah. So it's like when I was training for an ultra marathon last year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, except for my gym sessions where I had my personal trainer waiting for me. If I did or didn't run an hour or two hours that day, there was nobody watching. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it was so good to get it done in the morning and go, cool, anything else I get done today is a bonus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that feels really good. I'm really happy with that change Mm -hmm. that I've made to my morning. What else do you do in that process of writing in the morning? Do you give yourself prompts? What what do you, do you remind yourself of certain things? Like what, what, what see, what have you learned in doing that now for a bit? Well, actually, helps you. this this morning process actually has only been the last few days because it was only earlier this week where I realized I'd done three days without uh, writing. Yeah, See, yeah. prior to that, I was writing, and prior to the, picking up this freelance work in the last couple of weeks, I was writing a 1,000 words a day or more, Monday to Friday. And mm-hmm. I was like, if I felt inspired to write on the weekend, great, but I didn't have to. It was only if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was... I learnt a lot in that process, actually, of doing the thousand words, uh, because I found it was much easier to get it done first thing in the morning. So I'd literally like get into Hubud mm-hmm. and you know set up my computer, put in my. Um, I, I find that I'm highly highly auditory, so I will be distracted by all this stuff that's happening about me. Mm-hmm. So I'll put in the earphones and I'll put on like my bird songs from Australia, <laughs> so I get to hear all this stuff from home. So I just want to pause for a second because I love talking about the ambient music that people use yes right. so what is it you use bird songs yeah is that, is that a is it literally birds tripping it's it's birds it's just <clears throat> somebody has gone through and created um an album that is full of just short um pieces of recording will you send me a link to that and i'll put oh yeah if, there really... I, I don't know if there is because it's on my itunes okay. um, but i can have a look for it and see if it's, it's shareable. i'm just like linking to people to this yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's, but it's um Basically, if I have anything that has spoken or sung lyrics in English or any language that I speak, um, 
then I just find it's just as distracting as uh, as people speaking yeah, yeah, around yeah. here. Lyrics no good, yeah. Yeah, so there's literally only the birds song <coughs> and then I've got one um, uh, one album from an African band that everything's in a language I plan never to study, Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is perfect. So for a long time <coughs> I used to write listening to those guys singing mm-hmm. um, and then at some point I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm kind of sick of that now. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what else have I got on iTunes? And somewhere yeah. along the way, I don't know if it was my mother's because she loves birds, I don't know where I got this bird album from, but it's perfect because I feel like I'm sitting in the bush at home, like, you know, in, in Australia we call it the bush, the forest, and uh, I'd be writing surrounded by trees and birds and I'm like, yeah. perfect, that's yeah. Perfect. Is it, so it's just like a white noise track, or is it like some music? No, 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 no. It's literally just birds yeah. doing their thing. Nice. Calling, singing to each other. I like however that. birds do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had it. I have this playlist, and I just downloaded it from the media server here at this mm-hmm. co working space, and uh, it, it's really interesting. It's I, it's working for me right now, and it's. What is it that you're listening to? Um, I don't know. It's on my iTunes. It's yeah. like. But it's it's all it's ambient music. There's no vocals for sure because okay. I can't. Vocals will distract me. Yeah. But it's cool, and there's a couple tracks in there that are kind of like high energy that come in the middle. Oh. So usually when I'm sitting there writing, and these tracks come on. It's kind of like kind of like fuels my passion a little bit. Oh, and I'm nice. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know. And, but yeah, I, I the music, the ambient music is actually something I've only started to do recently, which okay. is surprising. Yeah. I don't know where that's been my whole life, considering too that I'm a musician. So it's like, why have I not done that? But that's been huge, especially in a space like this where it's, you know, you can get distracted and there's noises and people and, you know, totally. and the headphones kind of also give people a sense of like, um, like working on something, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> which is important. Yeah. 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 Uh, what are some other quirky creative writing process things that you've noticed about your, you know, what, what you've been up to? Like, have you, is there anything else that you do that's kind of people wouldn't, people would be surprised about? Or if I followed you around with a... A video camera, like, and watch you do your thing. Um, what would we notice? The first thing that probably comes to mind, it's not necessarily very quirky, but it's been really helpful. <clears throat> we have lots of conversations between writers about writer's block. Uh-huh. I think writer's block is really when we get too caught up in the ego and the head and we think we need to create something freaking perfect and magical every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Instead of just sitting down and writing whatever the hell comes to us. Mm hmm. And knowing that we can always edit it or even chuck it out if we don't like it, but it's about just, you know, darkening the page, yeah, as you would say, yeah, um, and getting started. But one of the things that I have done is often I'll have my inspiration come to me at times when I just don't have my laptop open, or I, mm-hmm. I don't have somewhere to scribble down, you know, an idea, and it's, you know, I'm in the middle of something that's it just doesn't work to sit down and write. And so what I have done is I've created a uh, document that I just add to this is topics I, I want to write about mm-hmm. and so whenever something does come to me then I just make a mental note or I, I pop it on there as soon as I can so that if I am there in the morning and actually since I've been doing this and I wake up in the morning I'm never short of something to write about but when I was doing my thousand words a day every day <laughs> um, I was asking a lot of myself to mm-hmm. come up with new stuff constantly and so I would just look at that list and I go okay, what on this list am I inspired to write about today? Mm -hmm. And it would just go, and that's all I needed, one line. Oh, that thing that you learned from that client last week about gratitude or about perfectionism or about whatever. Mm -hmm. And then a whole story or a whole article will pour out of me. Um, But what else about what somebody would notice? 
know. You tend to be very. I, I liked at least the other day I saw you. You were you were I think just finishing up something, and you were just there was like this thick enthusiasm for it. You were just like you're just like I don't know. I just felt this like really high energy. Like you were really letting yourself get. You're like, and maybe this is just common, or you'd see this in other people. But it's like you were, you were, you were so excited about, and the you were letting your, you were letting your yourself be as alive as the writing. I kind of noticed that uh, it was interesting. Okay, you're well, and I guess maybe that's something that I do a lot in general. I do my best to be very alive as much as I can from day to day. Yeah, yeah. and. I think that that certainly helps the writing is that I allow myself to feel like massive amounts of joy, you know, and actually I wrote an article about that on, you know, why I think bottling up joy is the stupidest idea ever Mm -hmm. because I saw another writer who had created something that was amazing and she was in tears about how cool it was. And I'm like, so you're full of joy right now. Like, what does that feel like? Let's. And so we just went out onto the grass space and freaking danced and like, let's just dance this joy and just really yeah. feel it. And, and so I guess I, well, I know that one of the things I've come to do more and more, especially as I care less and less what other people think uh-huh. is to really feel the aliveness of being alive. Uh-huh. And I know that that comes through in my writing. So from, you know, one extreme of the joy all the way through to the other end of grief and and the fear and really feeling that. And I pour a lot of that really, um, I I write a lot of stories that are really, like you, Dave, that are really vulnerable and really share a lot of me through the whole spectrum of emotions. Mm -hmm. And when I do that and I, I share both ends and particularly you know, the, the challenges at a heavy end, mm-hmm. people really feel it and they're really grateful for it. So mm-hmm. my, my most amazingly well-received work is often very full of emotion. Yeah. And has that always been easy for you to write no. things that are vulnerable? I mean, tell me about that process for you. No, it hasn't always been easy. So I spent a lot of time in my head, uh, really up until... So during the breakthrough process, uh, breakthrough... Um, with John Martini broke open a lot of stuff, but not just the work that I've done with him. There's, there's been a long process over the last, strongly focused over the last three or four years of doing lots of what I would call quote unquote personal development mm-hmm. work. And really, if I think about it, it's not, it's been this process of stripping back all of the crap that, you know, we get conditioned to do and think in society and mm-hmm. realize that we don't need most of it. Mm-hmm. And, in that that process of stripping off stuff my writing has gone from quite preachy where it started of these are all the reasons that sugar is bad Mm -hmm. you know go and look at those kind of first one of the first posts Mm -hmm. to getting to the point now where I can write around my experiences of sexual assault and Mm -hmm. you know what it's like to run out of money and yeah but to get to that point has been a has been a, a process of breaking myself open and really falling in love with the whole of me mm-hmm. and being okay with me in a joy-filled state and me in a grief-filled state mm-hmm. and me when I'm just having a cranky day mm-hmm. and I just don't fucking feel like talking to anybody mm-hmm. and go, can I still love me even if I'm being a shithead today? Mm-hmm. You know, Can I still love me if I don't feel like, you know giving my my friend dave a big hug hello i'm just like hi i'm leaving bye yeah and can i still be okay with me like that and when the more i've been okay with 
me in in w- w- like with the good, the bad, the ugly, mm. then the more I have been able to write vulnerably and share and know that when I share stuff, not everyone's going to like it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to quote-unquote approve mm-hmm. you know when my mother first started found out that i started writing about experiences around sexual assault she's like oh my god did you share that on facebook i hear from so and so you sh-. and i'm like yeah mum, i did mm-hmm. end of story and it's my life so i'm going to and you don't have to like it and you don't have to approve of it but i know it's fucking helping people mm-hmm. so i'm going to keep writing this stuff mm-hmm. so yeah. whatever you want to do about how you're feeling that's your business mm-hmm. But I'm going to keep writing because the most vulnerable stuff is the stuff where I get the feedback that it's so helpful to people. Yeah. So then that spurs me on to do more of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I was talking to a woman yesterday who's, I think it's going to be episode 17. Her name's Monique Darling. And she is, I mean, just massively vulnerable on Facebook. I mean, I don't, I've never met anybody who does that quite like her. And I think in a lot of ways she um like facebook kind of shepherded that process for her of opening up and actually really sharing and because we get that feedback right mm. you know so facebook in a way gives you instant feedback on your writing yeah which it's rare to get yeah. that and, and then you can write long stuff on facebook and it's totally cool yeah so to get that instant feedback and especially around the areas of sharing things that are vulnerable I think it's so useful because now you're 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 encouraged to go there. Whereas, like, let's say you hadn't ever published anything or shared anything like before blogs or Facebook, and you were went to write a book. Well, would you dive into that to deeper waters with vulnerability? Well, probably not. Or maybe you'd have to write three or four books to get. Yeah. Oh, this is what people like, you know. Yeah. And I see that this these social media and blogs have become a really nice proving ground yeah. for a lot of these things that. Yeah, we, we know intellectually that sharing vulnerability is a good idea, but to actually feel that and have somebody go, you just changed my life with what you shared. Totally. That was incredible. Yeah. That, is, that, that really is significant, and I think that's uh, more possible today with different publication levels that we have. Yeah, know? I would agree. I, I definitely think that me being on Facebook for the last, I don't know, five years, seven years, whatever it's been, has has really allowed me to, as you put it, shepherd myself into a, more of a space of of greater vulnerability. Uh, because likewise, I've done the same. You know, I've I've done dropped hints and and then written longer posts and then written articles that I've shared through Facebook. And it's really allowed me to see what my community on Facebook is saying in in very very quick lifetime almost. Mm-hmm what they think about my work so yeah. I agree I think I can't even imagine what this process would have been like had Facebook not been involved in my life and I mm-hmm. you know but almost daily I'm grateful to Facebook and the and you know Mark for mm-hmm. creating this this thing and allowing it to turn yeah. into this massive you know almost monster mm-hmm. because it's been so pivotal in uh in my ability to be able to share my work. Yeah. yeah. The feedback is so much faster than it would be yeah. otherwise. And, yeah. and I feel like you reach so many more people and it's this staged or step approach where you learn so much as you're progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's real. You learn. It's not like in school necessarily where we'd hand in a paper and then a teacher would give us a grade. Yeah. Like that grade doesn't... That grade says, how well did I do the assignment? Yeah. The grade is not necessarily... 
how would people want to share this or does this move people yeah you know it and so and that's the only grade I give a shit about right and then that's the only grade that matters after you get out like you can't hand in something to you know New York Times and they they don't care if your English teacher would like it they want they want it to be significant in the world you know totally and so yeah Yeah, that's true Um, what are some of your fears as a writer the first one that comes up when you ask me that is that I'll never write this book (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) um because I have known since I was, uh, I think the first times I really started to think about really writing a book was probably when I was in university. Um, so I was like 20. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like more than a decade of having it bubble away in the background and have ideas and start writing stuff and, you know, then lose those papers or the papers are in a box somewhere or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so that's the first one that comes up that I'll never write this book. Um, and to me, that's that's as scary as the idea of never giving birth to a child. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I, I know there's certain things that I are, are vitally important to me that I do while I'm alive. Even the way I say that, vital. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's life. And, and one of them is to give birth to one, two healthy children. And one of them is to give birth to one, two or 20 books. Mm-hmm. However many feel like they need to come through me. And yeah. You know, this life called Carolyn. However much you get knocked up with books. Yeah, that's it. I like it. <laughs> um, and so so that's that's probably the first fear. And and that's cool because it's, I guess, like any fear, it's like, oh, I can realize that I have it and then go do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like sit down and friggin' start writing the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's an easy problem solved. But other fears, probably that what I write doesn't, uh, that I don't, either give myself the time or space to create no you know what what i'm what i'm hearing now as i really tap into that is that i will pour my heart and soul into creating something that i think is meaningful and beautiful and impactful and then it'll hit the market and i'll get crickets Mm. that so the first is that i'll never write the book and that's the biggest and then the second is i'll i'll create something that i really that would be a legacy that people continue to find helpful for a really long period of time you know even after I die potentially Mm -hmm. uh, and that I pour the best of me into it and it goes nowhere Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and again I know that like my fear of you know not writing the book is, is stupid like it's you know what evidence have I got in fact, I've got evidence to the contrary mm-hmm. because I already write stuff that I kind of think is vaguely cool and then other people go, oh, my God, I'm reading your work and I'm in tears. And I'm like, oh, crap, cool. Mm-hmm. So I have evidence directly to the contrary, but needless to say, the fear's still there. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, this... I don't, I don't even remember who said it, but that the... Um, the only real cure for fear is action to go oh well if I'm afraid that I'll never write this book then sit down and put writing time in the calendar mm-hmm. and start writing the fucking book yeah and then fear is solved because mm-hmm. I have a you're book. not thinking about the fear anymore yeah because yeah, like yeah, I'm busy writing the book else, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. Um, and that at the end of working on that consistently eventually if I'm taking action in the direction of what I want I will mm-hmm. have a book and therefore the fear is redundant yeah so same as me going, okay, well, I have a fear that I'll pour my heart and soul into a book and then 
I'll get crickets. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so easy to think of that with crickets in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, how do I solve that problem? Well, I could go through and rewire my brain and all these other things, or I could just sit down and write a fucking book right. and pour the best of me into it, into the world, yeah. and send it out into the world and see what response I get. Yeah, yeah, that's what's going to have to happen anyways. Yeah, totally. So you might as well. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, who are some other writers or artists or people that you've been influenced by over the years? Good question. Maybe even books that you're reading. Yeah. That you've enjoyed. So I don't I don't read a lot at the moment, and actually I think we were talking about this the other day that uh, I've actually stepped into a space now, having previously consumed a lot of other people's work, uh, that now I consume other people's work very, um, very sporadically, mm-hmm. um, and we can talk about why that is. But in answer to your question. Um, there's stuff that I've read um, some of your stuff has been really profound in you know even the reason that I think we kind of form this friendship in the mm-hmm. first place yeah. um, and then other people in similar circles you know so reading the, the vulnerability of some of the even the blog post by Rich Litvin and um, but then I, what I really do love a lot is, is reading um, quote unquote fiction that's really personal development in disguise. Mm. So it's stories. So stuff like um, Eckhart Tolle and Conversations with God, mm-hmm. um, Neil Donald Walsh, um, and uh, The Alchemist and, and other work by Paolo Coelho. Some of that stuff has been my most, um, I guess, heart-opening and inspiring work. And sure, there's lots of other books that I've read, you know, and there's... There's other, um, I was going to say artists, mm-hmm. so word artists, mm-hmm. um, like Tim Ferriss, who write really cool stuff, but it's more head stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the strategy, it's the how do we do X, Y, and Z, whereas mm-hmm. the stuff that's really influenced me to, to open up and share has been more of the, more of the fiction that's really... Um, as I, as I said, sort of personal development in disguise, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but really, these days, I I don't read or listen to audios or, or, or much stuff, really, from other people. Um, and I really probably made that shift about sort of six months ago, where prior to that, I'd been a total seminar junkie. I was mm-hmm. like, in every single event that was happening in Sydney, and then something suddenly clicked, and I went, you know what, I'm full. I'm done. Yeah. Until further notice, I my default answer to an event invite is no. Mm-hmm. Even before I don't, I don't care who it is. Yeah. Uh, Tony Robbins is coming to town. Yep, that's nice. Have fun. Yeah. You know, and and I suddenly realised that that was uh, highly auditory. So I would do a lot of my learning previously with audios and being in seminar rooms, and I would draw a lot of my my inspiration from that space. Um, but I just found that now, by creating that space, I'm hearing myself. And I'm gaining my inspiration from walking the streets of Ubud mm-hmm. and observing life. Yeah. And there's a lot of what I talk about or, or write about and is, is what, are the, what are the lessons and what are the insights that I'm gaining from speaking with my clients from watching a monkey climb in the window mm. in here yesterday. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. You know? yeah. And, you know, and 
you know, what what lesson do I take from the turtle who who comes out of the water and sits there and stares at me for an hour? Yeah. While I'm doing work in a cafe yesterday. Yeah. And that's just awesome. just noticing life and and just seeing the lessons that that come through me as I observe life. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that beautiful and inspiring yeah. far more than me picking up someone else's book. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And and when books come to me, like I read something, um, I think it's called The Magician's Way by uh, William Whitecloud. Mm-hmm. And we can, I can give you a note for that afterwards. Um, that was the last book that I read. I actually picked it up in a store here locally. And, and it was beautiful and I loved it. And again, it was a story. So just like the references that I'd made previously. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great, but I kind of read that. And then I went, okay, cool. Yeah. And every now and again, when I'm like bumming around at home and, you know, I'm feeling pretty tired and sometimes I do just want to read a book. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, so at some point, somebody will make reference to a book and I'll be like, oh, great. That's the next thing I need to read. Nice. But I'm not doing what I used to do in the past, which was always have a book I was reading. Yeah, like be like a good student in that yeah, way too. Yeah, yeah I I've, get that. I've, I've very much been the good student in the past. I'm doing my best to let that go. Yeah. And just, just do what feels good. Uh-huh. And what feels good is just watching and observing life and yeah. writing about it. I, I'm writing a little mini ebook called Meditations for People Who Don't Meditate. Yeah. And, and it really has it, been so inspired by those kind of events like the turtle popping out and watching you for an hour or just sitting and like checking out this little slug or centipede that's moving and just being like, wow, and really sitting there just yeah. engrossed in this thing. Totally. And, and Bali's expired, inspired a lot of that. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to, like, finishing it. It's just really a quick thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. How oh, nice. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Yeah. Um, if you were to go back in time and you could write yourself a note and slip it to yourself at some point in your life, um, having learned what you've learned now about writing and, and the creative process, um, what would you say and what what moment or what point in your life would you would you give yourself the note at mm. so it's a funny one because we're like rewriting history because I know that if I did that my life would be probably profoundly quite different because I, I spent a lot of time traveling in my 20s mm-hmm. so I traveled to different parts of Australia and I I did the snow thing and I did the desert thing and I did the tour guiding thing and living in the tropics and living in a you know tropical island and and I look at that and I go wow there was so much beauty that happened in all of that and I and I I wouldn't want to change any of it but perhaps what I would say to myself is at that point I remember writing the last time I remember being criticised for my writing and really putting it underground, I was in Central Australia. So I was working as a tour guide in a town of a thousand people near Uluru, Katajuna, so Ezrock, for those who don't know the name. And I had written a poem about uh, the animals that I was seeing in the desert. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys I lived with was like, that's crap, or something similar. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't used those words, it was that energy. Mm-hmm. And but same effect, and so I had again. I'd hidden my work, and that was the last time before in more recent years when I'd opened up that I had shared something publicly and it had been dismissed. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would have slipped myself a note at that point that that said, you know, there will 
write because you love to write and there will be people who love your work and there will be people who don't and it doesn't matter write because you love to write and as a as a post note to say you don't have to publish your work straight away but every day write something and keep it Mm. until you're ready to share it with the world because I have had so many amazing, beautiful experiences traveling around Australia and the States and Asia. Mm-hmm. And there's so many lessons that I could have taken and written about. And even if I wasn't ready to share them with the world yet, to have caught them and to be able to watch my process. Mm-hmm. So I would have slipped my note, that note to myself at the age of 23, so 10 years ago. Nice. And it would have said, write because you love to write. Yeah. And some people will like it and some people won't. Mm-hmm. But write because you love to write. Nice. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for taking this time. And um, yeah, look forward to sharing this. Um, it's going to be some of the, the show notes to links and stuff will be at darkonthepage.com slash 019. And yeah. Thanks again. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs>